Welcome to Big Brave Business. This is a podcast built on the belief that you can create absolutely anything for yourself. Whether it's a dream job or a dream life, it's all possible for you. I'm Amanda Nelson, a virtual assistant and digital marketer. And that's Sarah Heater, podcast producer and strategic consultant. Each week, we will share insights from working with dozens of clients, stories of how we got where we are, and encourage you to see us as your new business besties. So grab a cup of coffee and let's talk being brave in business. Before we dive into today's episode, we want to do a quick disclaimer. We know that so many of you listening work with us directly, and thank you so much for supporting the show. With that being said, when we talk about things we know about business or mistakes that people make or anything kind of juicy like that, we know it can feel really personal. Yeah, for sure. And what we want to make sure you know as the awesome people that we get to work with on a daily basis, if you feel like anything in this episode relates to you, guess what? You're not alone. And if it relates to you and you feel like it's hitting a little close to home, it's because it relates to literally everyone. Yeah, nothing we include in this episode or in any episode is calling out any one specific person. We would never do that. Never. The things that we've included in this episode and in any episode of Big Brave Business are about the trends that we see across the board. So you're in good company. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to Big Brave Business. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Sarah. What you doing? I'm just hanging out with my best friend, talking about business. Aww. Talking about business. I feel like we haven't talked in forever, but I also feel like I say that every single episode. (laughs) Yeah, which is hilarious because we actually do talk quite often. But in this case, I feel like, you know, a lot of personal life has happened since we last were face to face. God, I mean, you said it. It has been a crazy couple of weeks. And if you're anything like myself or any of my clients, life is crazy right now. I have talked to so many business owners that I work with who have just said, I'm having a hard time. Summer is here. It's like everybody wants to be outside. They've got vacations coming up. So everybody's trying to cram a whole bunch of work in at a very quick period of time in order to be able to go and you know relax. And that causes, I think, a little bit more stress and anxiety. So I think everybody is just tired <laughs> and just trying to make do. I think so too. It's I think it's a lot of sprints from the beginning of the year and everything's hot and sticky by summer. The kids are out of school and it's just like everything slows down. And also it's a reality check of I'm halfway through the year. Where did this time go? How am I going to achieve all the things that I wanted to achieve in the time, you know, that I have left? There's a lot of triggers. I feel kind of like for scarcity and whatnot. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about today because we <laughs> talked about that in every single client meeting lately. That's what everybody's talking about. That's what everybody's posting about. That's not what we're talking about. What are we talking about? This week, we are going to share some insights on what we see when we work with our clients, what some mistakes are that are very common for entrepreneurs to make. 
Yeah, we have a really unique opportunity to get a lot of insight into the back end of people's businesses and a lot of different industries and a lot of different levels of success and the emotional side of running a business just because of the nature of the client work that we do. So we really get to see a lot of the inside scoop and the decisions people are making in their businesses. And that really gives us you know, it positions us in a unique way to be able to speak to the mistakes that we we really, really want to help people we work with do better or do less of or whatever. We want to help you. We love you so much. We want you to be successful. We're invested in your success. And so I just think we wanted to share kind of some of our top tips for some of the common mistakes that we see entrepreneurs make. That is Yes, let's do that. So you're up. We got it. We did it. Okay, Sarah, go ahead and tell me what's the first thing that you notice and we can go back and forth like we normally do. We can do three each. What is one of the most common mistakes you see business owners make? Okay, I'm going to start with mistake number one is getting in your own way. And this is something we say all the time to each other about ourselves, about people we see on Instagram, about people we work with, like literally all the time, everybody deals with this, is just sometimes you need to get out of your own way a little bit. Me too. You too. We all need to get out of our own way a little bit. It's just so common. And I think What I mean when I say that, like get out of your own way, it's either you're taking things too seriously or you're making things more complicated than they need to be or you compare yourself to other people. And I think those kind of three things lead to getting in your own way. So I would say as far as taking it too seriously, my tip would be to step back And remember the reasons why you wanted to do this in the first place and like asking yourself about whatever it is that you're struggling with, is this actually serving the vision that I had to begin with? And if it's not fun, does it have to be done? (laughs) Sometimes the answer is yes, right? Like we have to go to the dentist and we have to pay taxes. That's not fun, but we have to do it. But there are things that if you ask yourself, like, if it's not fun, Does it have to be done? And sometimes you can just say, actually, no, it's my business and I get to do whatever I want. If I don't want to do this, I actually do not have to. So like, I have to pay my taxes, but I do not have to post on Instagram stories right now. Cool, moving on. And then I think comparing yourself to other people is just silly because everybody's journey is different. Everybody's starting from a different place. Everybody's going in a different direction. Like, just stay in your own lane and do what you want to do and build the business that you want to build. And uh, I forget what my third thing was. Um, Okay, comparing yourself, taking yourself too seriously, and overcomplicating. So let me be clear once more. I'm not calling out any specific person. To be clear... We are not talking about you. We're not doing about an episode about you. It's not like Amanda and I were just talking about you and now we're doing an episode about you. So if you're listening to this and you feel like this hits a little too close to home, it's because it's so common. It's literally what we all do. It's It's what all business owners do. So yes, we all go through this. It's not about any specific person. It's about everyone. So if you're wondering, are we talking about you? The answer is yes, but only because you're a business owner, not because we were specifically talking about you. 
Yes, this is very true. I mean, everything that's on my list to share today is things that I see like seriously from every single person I work with. And most of the time, if you're a reflective person at all, myself included, and I think you too, Sarah, is that when you really take a step back and you look at it, these all are pretty applicable to every single human being on the planet. <laughs> and if you feel called out, good, because yeah. yeah, that means you're exactly where you should be. This podcast was made specifically for you. And we want you here. We want you at our table because this is the same stuff we are dealing with in our businesses every single day. So just to wrap up that last thing, the overcomplicating part, I'm just going to say, how can you simplify it? scale it back, get it back to its bare bones. It does not have to be complicated in order for your business to scale or evolve, right? In fact, most of the time, if it's simpler, it's going to be easier to scale and evolve. So how can you actually pull back? It's not about one person. It's about literally everyone, myself included. I overcomplicate things. I compare myself all the time to other people. Like It's all of us. So my first thing is when you hire someone and you don't trust that they are doing what you hired them to do. I see so many business owners who hire someone and because they don't do it the exact same way that they would or at the rate or speed that they would, they immediately think, that the person isn't going to deliver or they feel like um, they can't trust that person. My, I see it all the time as a virtual assistant. Like We're all individuals. We're all going to do things differently. And sometimes the greatest things you can do is to trust the people that you vetted and hired. Like If you've hired this person or whoever you're hiring, um, trust that they're going to do what they say that they're going to do. And until they prove you otherwise, like trust, trust, trust the people that you have hired. Because for some reason, you wanted to work with them. For some reason, when you interviewed them, you thought, oh my God, this is the person. And I think a lot of times business owners could just take a step back because as we all know, our businesses are our babies. It's very easy to feel like other people aren't going to take your business as seriously as you are. And that you obviously need to be on the defense at all times and like, protective of your business. But if you're hiring and you're vetting your people in the right way, you should be able to trust the people that you hire to deliver what they're going to say they're going to deliver. It will save you stress and worry if you let the people that you've hired step into their role with confidence and prove you wrong. Like let them do what they were hired to do. Um, I feel like that's good management advice in any context. And I would add to that that unless what you hired someone to do is literally brain surgery or rocket science, that the reality is most people can do the tasks that you hired that person to do. If they have the proper resources, support, training, trust, free reign, time, right? Like they have the capacity and the time and the trust and the resources, then they can do it. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do that job. So if you like the person, choose to trust them. I think it's like equally trust as it is empower. I work with people sometimes who have been solo entrepreneurs for so long that it's almost impossible for them to just let it go. Like 
empower me to prove you wrong. Like, let me do the thing that you've hired me to do. And I promise you, I want to deliver for you more than you want me to deliver. But when you're constantly questioning your hire, whether it's a virtual assistant, whether it's a general manager, whether it's someone at a retail store, whoever you're trying to hire, if you will give them the tools they need to succeed and let them step into their role, you will get so much more out of it than a nagging like, hey, what's the status of this or what are we going to do? There's nothing wrong with status checking, but when you're putting them down as though they've already failed you and it's so early in the game, like it's almost impossible for people to feel like they can have the opportunity to be successful. And I see that literally on a daily basis, not just with my clients, but I help clients hire people. And I have people that will come to me two months after hiring, three months after hiring somebody. And they're like, I just think they should be doing better, have gotten a hang of this quicker. And I'm like, nope, it takes time. It takes time. So empower and trust the people that you hire, I think is a, is a very big, important thing to, to take. That's a good one. And Honestly, I think we'll have to come back and do a whole episode about leadership and management and like good communication styles because we could definitely talk about this for the whole episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my second one is pivoting too often and too quickly. This is something, again, this is not about anybody specifically. If you feel like it applies to you, that's because it's one of the most common plights of entrepreneurs Super common. It's so common. Even before I myself was an entrepreneur, I witnessed this in multiple small business environments that I personally worked in as a quote unquote corporate employee. So I would say this is just like the plight of the small business owner is like, for example, releasing something, it doesn't sell, you panic, you abandon it, or you change it completely, you change the price, you change the format, or you scrap it all together and you change your whole niche or any of those things. And if that has been you, if you're listening and that has been your literal experience, please know you're not alone. We all do this because when we have this idea that we want to be successful and it doesn't become an overnight success, it it doesn't just immediately drop into people's lives and change their whole life and it doesn't make us a soaring success. We panic and we pivot. And the reality is, and okay, I forget what the quote is, but it's something like, for most people, success is right around the last corner that they don't turn, right? Like if you just kept going, success was right there, but you have to just keep going. So if you know the idea is good, if you know your idea is good. Don't give up on it. Keep going. Think about, you know, if it didn't sell, why? You know, what did you do to put it out there? What else could you do differently? Why do you think people didn't buy it? Did people have their eyes on it? Did they know about it? So what could you do differently? How could you get it out there more? What other ways could you push and promote that and try again and keep on trying? Keep on trying because you are going to more likely have success with consistency than with inconsistency because that's not actually building traction at all to just continuously pivot. 
And also, as someone who has multiple times in my life been on a team of someone who consistently pivoted, take mercy on your poor team. Pivoting too often, too quickly is really hard for your team to keep up. They can't get results for you if that's how you're running your business. Totally, totally agree with you. I see that so often. It's so hard because people think, oh, this isn't selling. I need to give up on it. And I'm like, no, there's a reason why you believed it in the first place. Like stick with it. You never, I mean, there's nothing wrong with perfecting, doing a 2.0 version of your idea, but stick with your idea, stick with your product, stick with what you're coaching on, whatever it is, stick with it because you never know what's going to land. And if you're constantly pivoting, it tells your audience that you don't know what the hell you're doing. It tells your audience that you're confused. And if you're confused and you appear confused, trust me, your audience is confused. We're all confused if you don't know what you're trying to sell. Yes. And if you're selling to other business owners, they know. They know that's what happened. They know that the reason your offer keeps changing is because it's not selling. We know because we're all doing the same thing. We're all doing the same thing. And if you've released multiple offers or multiple programs, or if you're going to release multiple offers or multiple programs, spoiler alert, they will not all sell immediately. They just won't. They won't. And it's a bad feeling. It feels bad when you put something out there and it doesn't sell right away. But if it's a good idea, stick with it. That's a great one. That's a really good one. Okay, my second one is all about, I guess I'm on a theme today. My second one is treating all of your employees exactly the same. And what I mean by that is, I have an example, but what I mean by that is everybody accepts feedback differently. Everybody on a team, if you have multiple employees or you have multiple people that are on your team that are doing different things from you, everybody needs something different from you as the leader perfect example. We have talked about this. If you listen to our Enneagram episode, I really do thrive on words of affirmation and communication and just being clear and concise and appreciation verbally goes really, really, really far for me. Because to me, that's like a sign that you are taking the time to acknowledge me as a person and my feelings, which tells me you care about me, right? Not everybody cares about that. Not everybody cares about that. Not everybody is like me. However, I had a client recently who, when I onboarded with her months and months and months ago, she had sent me a document and it was a questionnaire and it asked me questions like, how do you like to be rewarded? And it gave me six different examples. It was like, do you like a gift card? Do you, it was basically, I, ha, I because I know the, the love languages, it was basically the love languages in gift form. Like, public appreciation or, you know, quiet appreciation, email to email. Some people don't want their appreciation from their clients blasted all over social media. Some people would rather die than have a testimonial from one of their clients posted on social media. I don't get that because I love it, right? But there are people that don't don't appreciate that or it doesn't do anything for them. However, on this form, it had all these different options. It asked me like, what was an experience that I, it was all about myself, right? It was about 25 questions just to get her to know me better. Well, this past week, this client sent me this email and it was very, very obvious. 
that she had taken the time to read through that form that I filled out months and months ago and was trying to communicate to me her appreciation in a verbal way, very intentional, so that I knew I was appreciated, that she saw me, that she saw my effort. And she lists, I mean, it was the nicest email I've ever probably received. And it was strictly because she knew that's how I appreciate, like I accept appreciation. I told her, I don't want a $25 gift card to you know Target or Starbucks. Don't send me that and tell me thanks. That to me means nothing. But what really means the most to me is having those words of appreciation. So in saying all of that, I always encourage people when they are hiring someone, get to know the person. Try to, it's like when we all make new friends and you, you know, meet some, meet a, a new friend's family and you're like, oh, I can see why you are like X, Y, and Z. Your mom's just like that. We all have stories that have like made us who we are and you do yourself a disservice if you don't take the time to get to know your team members and get to know how they receive love and appreciation and feedback and negativity because we all have to deal with it. Um, As a person who works for multiple people, those clients that take the time to try to learn that about me make all the difference. It makes it so much more worthwhile. And so to me, one of the biggest mistakes that anybody can make in life or in business is just not getting to know the root of someone and what makes them tick and what they resonate with the most. Yeah, I think, okay, there's so much to that. But if you make it a pleasant experience to work with that person, then they're going to show up for you with their whole self. And if you make it an unpleasant experience for that person to work with you, they're going to resent you. They're going to do the bare minimum or they're just going to quit, right? Yeah. But, right, that's not going to encourage anyone to show up as the best version of themselves if you made it an unpleasant experience for them. So going out of your way to make it positive is only going to benefit you. So I think that's a good one. Okay. Um, my last one. Okay. This last one is, for me, it's a little bit of a hot take because I think there are definitely people who will disagree. And I definitely hear a lot of advice out there to do the exact opposite, which is why I think a lot of people do it. But when you're just starting out, stay as profitable as possible for as long as possible. And I mean, really, this might be permanent advice. I'm not sure because I'm only four years into business, but I say stay as profitable as possible for as long as possible. Don't over bloat your expenses. Don't over hire. Don't hire too quickly. And I know everybody says hire before you think you're ready to hire. Don't over bloat your expenses. Don't over hire. Don't hire too quickly. And listen, I know everybody says Hire before you think you're ready. Hire before you need to. That's everyone's advice. But here's the thing. A system costs less than a person. So if there's a system or a way to systematize something, it's going to cost you less. And this is why I think this is so important because for me, when I started my business, it was my primary income for my family of five. So it would have been great to invest 100% of what I made right back into the business in order to grow it faster, right? Sure. Except. I needed to keep a roof over our heads, right? I needed to buy groceries. So 
that was just not an option for me. And I actually think in hindsight, although I was frustrated at the time because I felt like all the advice that I was getting was hire, hire, hire. You need to be hiring. You need to be investing. You need to be like building up your expenses, basically. And I specifically have heard people say in the first year or first three years of your business, every single dollar you make should go back into the business. I've heard people literally give that advice time and time again. And that was just point blank, not an option for me. And I almost had FOMO at the time because I felt like I was going to fail because I'm not following this advice. But the reality is that was bad advice for me. And I think it's bad advice for a lot of people. I think that's why a lot of people go under or fail or pivot. Like, see my second piece of feedback because I think that when we're in such a hurry to grow that's coming from a position of privilege assuming that you either have another income coming in either from yourself or from a partner or you have a nest egg to fall back on that's going to fund your life while you're doing this and I wasn't doing this as a hobby I wasn't doing this as something extra it was literally doing this for my family's income. And very quickly, because of the pandemic, it became our only income. So it was 100% necessary that as many of those dollars as possible went straight into my pocket, not invested back into the business, not invested in hiring. Everything I could DIY, I DIY'd until I got to a point where I knew there were things that couldn't get done because I'm the only person in the business. I'm only one person. I only have so much bandwidth. And then I hired. And everybody says hire fast. I would say hire slow. If you're in a position like I'm in now, if you have a nest egg or you have another income that's funding your life and you don't actually need to be profitable, then sure, make your business a hobby. But to me, that's what that is. That's making it a hobby to invest all the money right back into it. It's I mean, it's a hobby. It's 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 not profitable. I don't think that's a business. I think you need to have profit in order to be a business. That focusing on profit is important in order to stay in business. That's true forever, right? Not just when you're first starting out. Forever. That's why like we see even with Netflix like hemorrhaging profit. They're so much less profitable than they used to be. Which by the way, side note, if you've been hearing this, just take a note. They're still really freaking profitable. They're just not as profitable as they used to be. But regardless, if you're not making a profit, you can't stay in business. You have to stay profitable for as long as possible. Anyway, that's my advice. That's a really, really, really good one. As someone who has never hired anyone, that's a really good advice, I think, too. I am in that really fun stage of like, what is the next step of my business? Do I bring somebody else on or not? Or do I just, you know, love what I'm doing now. And it's good to know that it's okay to like not hire immediately. Totally. Yeah. And like, like get to the point where it's fun. If it's fun to make the investment, if it's going to hurt you, if it's going to hurt you to make the investment, that's going to take all of the energy out of you wanting to show up for your business, which goes into so many of the other things we already talked about, right? Like if you have the budget to invest Like, what's my next investment? I feel confident I can make this investment without it hurting, right? I feel confident I can make this investment and feel good about it 100%. Then you're going to show up to that investment differently. Yep, absolutely. That's a great one. That's a good one. My last one would be 
and I use this all the time now. I did not come up with it. <laughs> um, but if you saw the movie that won Best Picture of the Year at the Oscars, it was Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And I use that all the time. Now I tell people don't when you're working on whether it's your social media, whether it's you're setting up a CRM, whether it's you are setting up, um, you know, automations for your email campaigns, whatever it is. I talk to so many business owners and they are so frustrated. They're so overwhelmed by the sheer amount of just crap out there that you can put in your business that they just feel like they are frozen and paralyzed with the amount of overwhelm that they feel about, oh my God, I have to be on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest. Oh, and then also I need to set up Dubsado so that all of my automations go through through active campaigns and I don't have to like you can take it and make your business as simple as you want. I feel like if you get on Instagram, at least I do when I'm scrolling through, all I ever see are all of these ads pushing me to try to sign up for a new platform. And I just, my heart hurts for the business owner who's trying to find their footing. And they're like, well, my God, which one, which CRM system's easier? Or which which project management software should I use? Should I use Trello? Should I use Monday? I mean, there's so many out there that it is so easy to get overwhelmed. And let me tell you, take this from me. Let me give you permission. You do not have to have everything everywhere all at once. You can take it piecemeal. You can figure it out slowly but surely. You do not have to be on every social media platform. In fact, I encourage you not to be on every social media platform. Find what works best for your audience and invest 110% in that specific platform. Do You would do yourself such a disservice if you spend so much time trying to spread yourself so thin that you don't show up on any platform 110%, you will end up losing money, losing business, and losing a lot of energy and like bandwidth if you're trying to spread yourself that thin. I highly, highly, highly encourage you to simplify your life, take it one step at a time, and don't let your business overwhelm you by the sheer amount of like setup because it can easily happen. Yeah. And I think that's that's part of the reason why we don't do guests on this podcast right now as well, because even when you listen to business podcasts every single week, they have somebody on who's an expert at something, and they're going to tell you why yeah. that's the place you need to be right now, because that's what they're trying to sell yeah. you. Anybody who's giving you that advice is selling something. So they want you to sign up for their courses. They want you to sign up for a specific platform. They want to tell you what's worked for them. They love this. They're going to push you to LinkedIn. They love Pinterest. Pinterest. They're going to push you to Pinterest. They love Instagram. They're going to push you to Instagram. The reality is you can be successful on any of those platforms or you can be successful without being on any of those platforms. And I think that's important to note too, because like I got to 10K months with less than a thousand followers on any platform and showing up really consistently with the people I know, mm -hmm. that's what I put my focus in. When I started, I was telling people who already knew me like in real life what I'm doing, who trust me, who like me, who know me, who believe in me, who would then not only come to me for what I offer, if that's what they're looking for, but they would refer people to me and then those referrals led to referrals and those referrals led to referrals. So I literally wasn't on any platform and I built to past 10K months that way. So 
would I do even more business if I had a really robust social media well, on all the platforms? I mean, yeah, totally. But it's not necessary and people will make you feel like it is. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I feel like my business has been super successful and I don't have more than 2,000 followers on Instagram. I mean, I just don't. And it has come strictly from referrals and you can totally build a business without feeling like you have to just market the shit out of your business. And that's coming from someone who does that for a living. You can keep it simple. And when it comes to how you run your back end of your business, you can keep that simple too. I had someone give me a hard time very recently that I don't personally use a CRM for my virtual assistant business. And I'm like, you know what? The spreadsheet that I use and the one simple Trello card that I have set up is perfectly fine. It is simple. It is stress-free. I don't have to worry about automations and all those things. And right now in my business, that is exactly what I need. I don't need any more stress. So keep it simple. Don't overwhelm yourself. Be good to the people that you hire. Be empathetic to the people that you hire. And realize that like you genuinely, unless you are a brain surgeon, as Sarah said earlier, I think, um, unless you are doing serious brain surgery. Nobody's business that that is like hearing my voice right now is so freaking important that it's worth the amount of stress. Like life is too short. So keep it simple and be good to yourself. Yeah, keep it simple. Keep it simple and fun and respectful and consistent. That's <laughs> if you can just stick to those principles, it's going to go better. And I feel like that's kind of how you and I do things. And to us, that's what big brave business is. And if that sounds good to you, if you're like, "Wait, it could look like that?" or "Yes, I agree. That's what I want to do." Then you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly our kind of people. So, on that note, if you want to meet more of our kind of people, make sure you check out our YouTube if you haven't already. We're like maybe coming up on two months of YouTube videos and we have so many cool people that have already been guests or that we've recorded but we haven't posted yet. So they come out every Wednesday on YouTube at Big Brave Business and we have so many more cool recordings scheduled too. We're just so excited to introduce you to all of these people who we love and admire and look up to and like I just keep thinking of more people that person needs to come on. That person needs to come on. I know. So definitely go check us out on YouTube. Our YouTube is not the same content as our podcast. It's totally different content over on YouTube. We're introducing you to our friends. And here on the podcast, it's just us. So definitely make sure you check us out in both places. And where else can they find us? They can find us on Instagram. You can find Sarah at Sarah K. Heater. You can find Amanda, me at Amanda Nelson Reads. And then you can also find Big Brave Business at Big Brave Business. And as always, we will be back next Tuesday with another fun episode. See you then.